Hello, this is Yara Stark, and on the line with me, I have uh, a friend of mine who you've probably heard of if you read my blog. His name is Walter Haas. Walter, thank you for joining me. You're welcome, Yara. So Walter and I are going to try something a little bit different today. It's Monday morning here in Australia, and basically, we are going to do a little talk show between ourselves and obviously all of you listeners out there listening in. And the topic is pretty much going to be what we're working on in terms of our own business, what we're studying, what we're learning at the moment, you know, the areas we're trying to uh, move our businesses towards, what we're not doing. Uh, just a brief bit of background, if you don't know who Walter is, Walter was actually my partner in the Cranky Ads project. He was my lead developer. Uh, he also has a keen interest in, what, what do I say, Walter? Uh, all things uh, tech geeky, I think would be the... Yeah, future technology, biotech, quantum physics, programming. Obviously, I'm a coder, so anything tech and Silicon Valley startup type stuff. And uh, do you still have the crown of having watched every single TED talk ever produced online? All the ones I can get my hands on, yes. How, how many would that be now, you think? Ooh, ooh it's since Ted started uh, started posting videos. I've, I've been watching all of them, so many years now, about five years at least. So what do you think, a thousand? How many are there? Oh, I don't know. I, I watch one or two a day, and I've done that for five years. So Wow, you know. that's probably more than one than a thousand. It's probably two or three thousand. That's incredible. Yes. So Walter's pretty smart, or either that or he's full of a lot of... Uh, Potentially useless information from TED Talks, <laughs> or very useful. I don't uh, I'm good know. Good on quiz shows. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, I uh, Walter uh, joined me down in Bondi uh, a month or so ago when we went to the TEDx event. Of course, Walter had to be there for TEDx Sydney, which is an amazing event, I have to say. Uh, but uh, the reason I bring it up, we, we did a, a walk along the beach from Bondi to Coogee once, and I think Walter spent the entire walk giving me. Uh, what would you call it? Um, trivial information about our universe, <laughs> probably mostly due to TED Talks, I would say. Was that true, Walter? Well, I wouldn't call it trivial information, Yarrow. <laughs> it's uh, thanks to scientists like that that uh, our civilization moves forward. So, sorry. bit of respect. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Well, uh, it was very entertaining. I got an hour full of all kinds of factoids <laughs> that I certainly would not have learned otherwise. So, um, But anyway, we, we are here to have, I guess, some sort of focus on what we're talking about. But Really, we're going to build this as we go along, and we'd love to hear your feedback. So I'm going to post this to the EJ podcast feed, as well as the, the EJ blog, of course. Uh, I do want to uh, put, put to rest any fears you have that I'm going to stop doing interviews. Now, that's not the case. I actually have about four interviews queued up to come out over the next couple of months, so they will continue. This is just something extra I thought would be really interesting to do to sort of go behind the scenes and, and maintain a dialogue between... Um, you know, everyone listening and reading my blog as, as well as, you know, Walter's audience that he's slowly building up. And this is something I think Walter and I and, and other people we know do on a regular basis anyway. So why not record it so you can get some insight? So I thought for the first topic, Walter, it's probably the, the most pertinent one for us at the moment. Uh, we recently made the decision to shut down our startup, which we've been working on for two and a half-ish years together. Uh, crankyads.com and I wrote a blog post on EJ about some of the reasons why we'd made that decision obviously it's a hard choice but you guys haven't heard from Walter and his side of the fence here so Walter I might hand it over to you tell me you know have you been crying to sleep at night because we're shutting down cranky ads or? no no it was um, 
Well, as you obviously know, it's been a while coming. Um, basically, when we started, we uh, we had this particular vision, um, a couple of assumptions on how we thought cranky ads would do. And uh, over the course of the first year, uh, it obviously didn't grow as we expected to. So we made a couple of pivots, but um, all the while, you know, I was still putting in 40 to 60 hours a week, uh, depending, you know, depending on uh, what other stuff I had going. So after two years, I think uh, we very quickly, or not so quickly, rather, we discovered that it wasn't <laughs> going to work or our assumptions were a bit wrong. Um, I think if we started it a few years earlier, like you said on your um, article, then it would have been a bit different. But um, it's, yeah, it just came down to where do we put our time and what do we think is going to pay off? And I think uh, Cranky Ads was a very good experiment, but um, it wasn't going to pan out the way we expected it to. Mm. Yeah, it's one of those things where I think timing had a lot to do with the, the decisions we made. Like you said, if we started this earlier, we probably would have had uh, better traction with a, a simpler model simply because there wasn't as much comparative uh, solutions out there for doing advertising management that like, like Cranky Ads provides. Uh, hence, we might have built a larger audience and been able to get some cash flow to keep fueling more features. Mm -hmm. uh, but also, in hindsight, we did build features that we shouldn't have at the start. I mean, um, I'm very much to blame for that as well because I thought it wouldn't take quite as long given that uh, you know I've run a software company. But um, online advertising, turns out, is a little trickier. The, the actual framework itself is a little trickier, so we should really have gone for off-the-shelf solutions to things like ad hosting instead of writing our own plugin and framework and CDN and things like that. Yeah, I guess it's hindsight. I mean, I, I would not have been able to pick that myself, having no <laughs> coding skill whatsoever. So <laughs> I blame you entirely, Walter. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> but I, I'm also curious just to briefly touch on um, two parts of this uh, emotionally like you know you've been a part of many projects Walter's just a little bit younger than me you're 32 and I'm 34 mm -hmm. and you know varying degrees of success along the way obviously we're, we're both disappointed with cranky ads I don't think we wanted to reach the point like we have now we we're hoping for something a lot better um, but I don't feel like we're overly depressed about the fact that we're shutting it down either like we both got exciting things to move forward. And, and I think in particular, Walter, you said you've taken a lot of what you learned about Cranky Ads into your next project. Oh, for sure. Definitely. The, um, the biggest thing I'm taking with me is don't overbuild. Just get something out there as soon as possible and see if people like it. And I've discovered that most of my assumptions with what I've built, people aren't actually using. And the things people are using, I didn't think of. So you know, definitely going lean and mean with every single feature and seeing what people use is a much better use of your time. And when you say the features, you're talking about your new new project, right? Yeah, that's right. So kickspy.com, little shout out there. What, what is kickspy? So if you, if you are obsessed with Kickstarter, as I am, then um, you may have noticed that Kickstarter doesn't make it easy for you to find projects. So what I did is I got all the projects on Kickstarter and I make them very easy to search. But as well as that, if you have a profile on Kickstarter, so you've backed a few projects, then you can find your profile on Kickspy, and Kickspy will do a Netflix-type recommendation um, process on your profile and give you recommendations for other Kickstarter projects that you might like. So it's a bit more personalized than the recommendations 
that Kickstarter themselves gives you. Mm. Interesting. And I think it's fair to say, Walter, your life is predominantly made up of TED Talks and crowdfunding platforms by the sound of things. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. And a little bit of contracting here and there to pay the bills. Keep paying the bills, right, of course. Yeah. So uh, I am curious to, maybe just before we leave the, the cranky ads shut down, since we don't want to spend the entire time talking about that, um, you know, we didn't, we shut this down and it's been a long time because we haven't shut it down. Actually, as we record this, we will be shutting it down at the end of this year. Uh, it, it, people will be wondering when you just make this decision to shut something down, why don't we sell it? Why don't we change it to something else and try and go after different markets or make a pivot, like you said before? Uh, why don't we even just, since we have some users, give it to someone else to run uh, just so we don't upset the current users? Now, there's a a lot of stuff to think about there and those decisions. Um, I know from my point of view, I like clean breaks with projects. I like to sort of have something either shut down or sold so that I don't feel any kind of stresses regarding managing the previous project so I can move forward. It's like a breakup in a relationship in a lot of ways. So maybe you can touch on any of those things I just mentioned there, Walter, from your point of view. Well, I'll handle them individually. So the first one is why don't we sell it to um, instead of shutting it down? And, well, as you well know, that we have been trying to sell it. And, uh, yeah, if someone comes along and gives us, say, $6,000, I'm, I'm happy to sell that. That'll pay for all the work we have to do to transfer everything across because Cranky Ads is a network and a CDN. There are quite a lot of moving parts and it'll take me a little while to transfer everything across because the, the way we've got it set up at the moment, um, we have a few other services on that server and um, yeah, I'll need to decouple that. So it'll, it'll be a little bit of work to move it across and um, I obviously don't want to spend a few weeks doing that for free so I'd like to get paid for that. Um, in terms of giving it away for free, uh, the same answer applies. You know, there, there are, there is... Uh, quite a bit of work for me to do, and um, you know, I'm. I'd rather be working on my own startups right now instead of uh, taking time off to transfer cranky ads for free. Um, which you know, I, I hope that uh, people can understand. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a tough one, really, because we we would like to support our existing users and have something for them. At the same time, there is no way out of this without incurring. A bit of cost, whether it's time or money, to to transfer something over. So, um, and I think there's a there's an aspect of clean breakage here too to consider. Like if we do move it over to someone else, you might spend two weeks moving it over, but there's going to be a lot of ongoing dialogue as well over time mm -hmm. um, with the new owners. So it's not going to be a clean break, especially for Walter as developer. So um, as much as we don't want to shut it down, I think potentially, unless we found the perfect new owner who really was willing to, you know, pay for the just the incidentals to move it across and really knew what they were doing with the software and, and where they wanted to develop it and support the users. And, and I'm sure there's someone out there. You never know. Someone listening to this might be that person. Um, but uh, it's, it's amazing to, to, you know, reach this kind of point. You don't, you don't think um, <laughs> starting it, we'd, we'd be making these kind of decisions. But um, before we, uh, you know, start crying here, Walter, I just... Uh, I'm already crying here. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do want to move us forward beyond the Cranky Ads uh, project since uh, 
it's not meant to be a tired talk on just cranky ads. But let's just to, to wrap it up. I want to say that the, you know the cranky ads experience was way more beneficial than it was negative in terms of um, you know working with you and, and Mick, who was our designer. We had a lot of uh, fun. I think brainstorming and coming up with ideas, uh, implementing some of them, um, you know, attending events, having a project that we're all invested in, going out there looking for uh, networking contacts. At some point, we're looking for investors. There's a lot of fun parts about being an entrepreneur regarding that. For me, the biggest downer was just not being able to realize features. Uh, to see whether they would even catch on like i would i wish there was a button we could press to say you know create this social feature create this uh you know testing feature this this uh statistics feature and they just appear but as i learned even if you have a i know a, a 60 hours a week walter with a whip on his back working in a cave every day producing code it's not going to be uh, a ton of ton of features being you know put out the door which made me really appreciate what some of the software firms on this planet have done to produce what they produced because it can't be easy to make a Facebook and keep it stable and have all those different interactions going on. Uh, that's a lot of talented people to make software that does that. And I'm sure, um, you know, Walter, you, you have even more insight into that than I do, given you actually understand the code. So uh, that, that was the big eye-opener. If anything, unfortunately for me, it may have turned me off doing software ever again. <laughs> I certainly need a bit of a, a recovery period, I think, before I would jump into something new in software because uh, I just know what we're up against to go and do something with software. That being said, you've jumped into something that pretty much is software, haven't you? Kickspy. So pretty much, yeah. You are a programmer, so you know, what else can you do? Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's close off cranky ads with with that sort of. It, it was good. It was bad. It w- I would do it differently, but I'm glad we had the experience that we did. And um, thanks for the memories <laughs> I, I and a, the experiences and lots of learning. I need a jingle right there, some sort of <laughs> music. But so um, you've gone to kick, gone on to Kickspy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Tell us. I think it'd be really interesting. What did you? learn and how have you gone about doing Kickspy differently as a result of uh, what you did with Cranky Ads? Well, like I touched on earlier, the the biggest thing I've learned was uh, not to over-engineer. So don't spend a month coding and then put the feature out there to see if people use it. Instead, spend up to a week. So preferably spend a day coding something, the crappiest, earliest version of it um, that you're not necessarily happy with Put that out there and see how many people use it. Um, and better yet, talk to people. So if you're not comfortable because it's crap, then hide it, um, but still make it accessible if people know the URL. And then go out there and talk to people, get them to use it, see if they like it. And then if they do, um, yeah, then then work on that feature. So to give you a concrete example, one of the Kickstarter projects, Satellite Rain, was started in Brisbane. And I think they got close to five hundred thousand pounds at the end of their project. So in in US dollars, that's almost seven hundred fifty thousand, um, roughly. And what? So so as I was talking to them, they really wanted a way to compare their funding history to other similar projects, and especially one project called Project Goddess, uh, which was very similar, also in pounds. And when they compared their progress to this other project, Goddess project, 
they noticed they were tracking almost exactly up to the last few days, they were almost at the same numbers on the same days as the previous project. And the creators actually then shared that secret URL, which was, you know, still a crappy feature. And that day brought more traffic to Kickspy than all of my Google traffic and all of my referral traffic combined. When you say they shared it, they just sent an email to the people following their, their Kickstarter campaign? That's it. That's right. And just that one share alone created more traffic than I've gotten through all other sources. So it's almost like an affiliate partner if I was doing a, a launch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. So um, those are the, that, that's one of the features that I'm developing now. But um, that's, that's what I mean. Originally, I could have spent a month writing a perfect version of that feature, but instead I spent three days writing a really crappy version. And um, I actually looked at some of their comments and people were bagging it out given how crap it was. But, you know, you take that, uh, take that on the chin because well, it, it's designed to be crappy to yeah. see if people use it. And it's engagement, it's attention. It's like it, it's almost with cranky ads, if we had 10,000 people who were complaining about our service, it's almost better than having 100 who love it, you know, mm-hmm. in, some, in some regards because then at least you've got that much attention and that much interest. So exactly um, no such thing as bad press as they say in, in for a while you don't, you can't if for a while you, you can't suck forever <laughs> no. <it> that way. <laughs> okay so i think one of the things i really want these discussions to sort of talk about is you know obviously whatever is current for us at the moment which was just what we just talked about but also it's monday so there's a week ahead of us and well you know walter works hard I work hard. Uh, everyone listening to this, you have your own business. You're planning on what you're going to do for the week and you know, living your life and all that. So I think it's really good to sort of hear from other people on you know, what, they, what they're working on right now, how they're going about solving their problems, getting stuff done. So uh, I'm assuming, Walter, everything you currently work on is, is KickSpy related now besides that contract work. So maybe mm-hmm. you can, what does the week ahead hold for you as we head towards finishing up this first chat show? Well, Yarrow, I do a weekly review every Saturday um, so that with that weekly review, I go through everything that I've achieved that week and I compare it to what I thought I'd get done. Um, This year, I've missed my weekly review about three times and Saturday, last Saturday was one of those. So (laughs) What happened, Walter? What were you doing? (laughs) Were you drunk? No, no, I was, uh, I was actually working on Kickspy on Saturday instead of doing my weekly review because I had some deadlines. Um, one of the things I do is I help researchers that are researching Kickstarter projects. And one of the researchers that I'm helping, he needed a bit of data that uh, I don't have yet. So I, I wrote some code to extract that extra bit of data for him. And I wanted to get it to him by Monday. But um, it turned out I needed to update a lot more than I thought I did. So I spent most of Saturday doing that so that today I can send him the finalized data file. And then this is your own project too, right? So there's no, there's no impetus there to meet that deadline except for your own sort of self-respect and desire to you know, keep your business going forward. Pretty much. I mean, he's paying me for it. So he's effectively a client. Okay. But um, yeah, other, other than that, I mean, it, it's all self-directed. Hence, you're working on a Saturday. That's right. Well, I always work on Saturdays because well, when you work for yourself, you'll notice that you work more than if you work 95 for someone else. 
<laughs> yeah, the irony. <laughs> Especially as a contractor or a freelancer, I think that's definitely the case. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is, but I find I get a lot of work done on weekends too, even though I don't have to. Like I'm I'm I don't have clients like contractors and freelancers too and and I I am 100% self uh, motivated in terms of if if I feel like working it's because I want to personally get something out the door no other reason there's no one I'm going to disappoint unless I, I consider my audience uh, but they don't have anything vested in, in financial terms with what I'm doing so uh, it's funny because I think we can seem to be I don't know more open in terms of your time like something about the weeks maybe it's just the way my social life is I find there's more social things going on uh, during week day evenings more sort of networking groups more dinners um, more catch-ups with people and then the weekend often I find I've got more time maybe it's because I've also just moved to Melbourne I don't know as many people here but I think that was the case also a lot in Brisbane it, it's funny because it's different from high school and and sort of when you're a bit younger in your early 20s uh maybe also other people listening to this who have jobs they're not agreeing with this at all because they spend their working week working and then the weekend they're trying to cram in everything they can from doing the dishes and the laundry and grocery shopping to working on their business as well and, and seeing friends and looking after their kids and family and all that sort of stuff Whew, that's stressful um just another reminder of why i don't have a job uh but yeah i do find i'm <laughs> getting a lot of work done which actually leads me to my little two cents here with with what i was doing i don't have a catch-up day like you do walter what'd you call it a review day yeah um, weekly review i don't really do that i do have a, a weekly to-do list that i sort of prioritize and what i hope to get done during the week in order of importance but it's it's usually not even that um spread out it's actually what needs to get done today and and only reason I have a weekly one is just to be conscious of what I need to prioritize for today so that I don't hit tomorrow and go, ah, sugar, I should have had that done by now. Good case in point, for example, uh, I, I'm still creating the EJ Insider Interviews Club product, even though I've got paying members. So I launched that back in June, I think it was. I think it was June. Uh, and it was, I actually didn't know how long it would run for. It was going to be a monthly interview club. I expected somewhere between six months to a year. Uh, I, I decided initially just to go with six months to, so I didn't have too long a commitment. But I hadn't completed all the interviews. I hadn't completed writing all the action plans for that product. I was just, and I am just staying one week ahead of the, the current members. So in terms of a deadline, that's the only actual real deadline I have with, with my business. And, uh, you know, a good example is I have an action plan number five due uh, a Monday from now. So not this Monday, a week from now. So I have to make sure that that gets done between now and the uh, end of the, the week. So I kind of need to juggle everything else. But, for example, the weekend I actually spent 100% on, in terms of work anyway, I have a book being created it's being edited together by a friend of mine narrowly who's acting as my editor and she's helping to basically compile a bunch of my content from other sources and i'm working with her back and forwards a bit but she actually finished the first draft or it's not really a first draft it's, i'd call it a beta that's it's not quite first draft ready it's really just getting the framework up so i'm going through that and it's for me because i have so many contractors i have narrowly doing this i have two people working on things for the blogology magazine i've got about coming out soon i've actually got an app version of entrepreneur's journey 
being developed by some Bulgarians. <laughs> I love saying that. And um, all of them have project people that I coordinate with who need things from me now and then. So I have to try and match that up in terms of my timeframes with whatever my personal deadlines are too. So I'm working on my next e-guide, which is one on buying and selling blogs. That is the thing that I create my deadlines for. I work with my designer and she's working on the sales page at the moment and the the payment processing system, the confirmation page, and the, all the ways to take the money and, and sell the product. I need to make sure the product's ready, which I have this stuff to go into it. I just need to go over the bonuses and make sure everything's ready to go. Then we need to put that on the website. So those things happen, but they matched up against the deadlines for these other projects. And that was amazes me actually when I say all these things that I'm probably breaking every rule about working on too many projects at the same time. But for some reason, and it's probably because I have contractors who, who are really doing the work while I'm working on the one thing, in this case, the e-guide for me, um, it works reasonably well. The only problem is when they finish something, they need something from me. And that can be a bit disruptive from my own working schedule. So I'm sure there's a better way to do it from that aspect. Uh, probably cloning would be a good way to go about <laughs> this. Uh, Walter, I think you're working on that, or at least you've been watching a few TED Talks about it. I think, there's quite right? a few TED Talks on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so my week is going to be finishing off that editing to give the narrowly, and then uh, working on that new e-guide. That's my my main focus, plus trying to get a life here in Brisbane because I, you know, it's, it's the... I'm running out of networking events to go to, Walter. Um, uh, a life in Melbourne, you mean? Oh, sorry. I have a life in Brisbane. I left it. Um, yes. <laughs> a life in Melbourne, yeah. So uh, how is uh, my, my life in Brisbane since you were you know, living a part of it? So, sorry, how was your life in Brisbane? Well, uh, you know, it's, how, your, it's your life in Brisbane, but we had overlaps. So how was, <laughs> what's going on? What have I missed out on? Uh, quite a few networking events at uh, River City Labs. They were good. There was one on how to move to the US, all the gotchas and pitfalls to watch out for, which is quite good. We could probably do an episode on that if any of the listeners. I would like to do that. Are you still planning on heading to the US soon? Uh, it's it's on my list. I, I have a few goals um, that I have to hit first before I think of moving to the US. But, which uh, are what? Well, I have I've had this passive income goal, which um, for you probably sounds uh, a bit ridiculous, but all of my money that I've ever made was effectively working for someone. So whether that's uh, in a job or running a company, um, contracting for someone or you know managing employees that then uh, contract for someone their time, I, I've always had to be there to make that money. So my goal is to make some passive income, enough passive income to pay all of my bills. And if I can do that, if I can walk away for two weeks and have a website or something, make money for two weeks to pay all of my bills, then I'm free to move to the US and look look, look at all the uh, startups that are happening mm. there. Uh, yeah, and that, I'm glad that you're here with me too because I think a lot of people listening in will be in your shoes, Walter, and even potentially even worse than that. And not that your situation is bad, but they haven't even been able to fund themselves with contract work or freelance work. They still have the job sort of situation. So I guess you could almost see it like graduating from a job to maybe contracting, freelancing, or, or some kind of business that you still do a lot of work in to then, like you said, passive income is, is the ultimate goal. I have a lot of things to say whether 
there is such a thing as true passive income. I think we could talk about that. I should mm-hmm. write, we should write this stuff down. <laughs> and there's one other thing you mentioned there I'd love to talk about, which is uh, something I've just started doing, which I've, we mentioned before. One of the main reasons you want to go to the U.S., besides the obvious, um, you know, the bigger servings of food that are available there. And I know how much you eat, Walter. Love um, food. Yes. Uh, I'm sure the sushi is very good there, too. But the investing and getting involved in the startup community in Silicon Valley, uh, I've just started having... Uh, well, really enjoying what AngelList is doing. Uh, I don't, for people listening in, uh, we, we won't talk about this because we want to try and keep these episodes fairly short and wrap it up soon. But I definitely want to have a chat about what's going on at AngelList with their syndicates, which is basically a means for you to publicly fund companies in the United States. Uh, basically, like what you can do as a, a VC or an angel in Silicon Valley, investing in companies, but you can do it online through this website called AngelList, which is angel.co. It's a site I've been on for a while. It's basically a social network specifically for startups, VCs, and employees of startups. So you can find jobs there. You can also look at companies and see who's investing in them, who's advising them. And now, just recently, you can actually start joining in public fundraising, which is when you can invest in companies for as little as $1,000, which is pretty amazing um, you know, entry point. I think it's more accessible than you might realize and potentially is a, an alternative method of investment. Like I'm actually looking at funneling things like my advertising income into those sorts of investments and start slowly build up a portfolio. But let's talk about that on a future show. Um, and I'm going to write some notes down so we don't forget this. What do we have to talk about? Angel list? Angel list. A couple of other things I could talk about is how to actually go from having a job to contracting because there are a few gotchas there that uh, I learned the hard way. Mm-hmm. So we could talk about that. Uh, I think we mentioned passive income. So Passive income. We'll mm-hmm. okay. We got a lot of things. We want to sort of keep this uh, fresh and current. So whatever we're doing now, whatever we're learning about now, I mean, Walter's obviously studying a lot and I'm studying a lot and trying to do a lot so main point is we just want to keep this regular and current and hopefully uh there'll be some interesting content for you guys to chime in on now there's two things before i wrap it up i want to throw in here one walter and i do not have a name for this show yet and we're not going to jump on board with a name straight away because we really want to get some feedback from you guys we're going to lean test the name for this chat show (laughs) (laughs) so I'm going to stick this up on the EJ blog and would love for you guys who have listened this far to go to my EJ blog and leave a comment on what you think the show could be called. It's, it's Walter, it's Yarrow, it's internet marketing, it's startups, it's blogging, it's technology, uh, all those sorts of things. So we don't know what we're going to call it. Um, we're going to try to do it every Monday, Australia time. So you'll get it uh, Monday US as well when you first thing you wake up on your podcast stream. It'll be on the EJ podcast, so along with my interviews. And uh, yeah, we'd love your your feedback on the name. And the number two, the other thing we'd love is just your feedback in general. So uh, if if there's something you want us to talk about, we'd love for you to even send through a question. So if you have a question you want Walter and I to discuss on these little chat shows, either send me an email, uh, yarrow at entrepreneurs-journey.com, or you can just leave a comment that this uh, podcast was posted to, and I'll have a quick look through all the comments for the next show. And if there's a, a question there, I'll pull it out so Walter and I can have a chat. And if you want, mention your name and your website, and I will uh, shout out that during the show so you get a little bit of exposure as well. 
Uh, Walter, I think I'll wrap it up. Uh, any last minute words before we, we say goodbye? No, I'm actually quite looking forward to the next episode. I know. I want to talk about those things right now. Too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We'll, we'll have to hold off until next Monday. So uh, we've got on our list uh, angel investing uh, using things like AngelList, mm-hmm. passive income, and going from a job to uh, contracting as a, a stepping stone towards passive income and entrepreneurship. So can't promise we'll cover all of those next week, but uh, <laughs> Walter and I will do our best. We'll try. Uh, Walter, I wish you a productive week. Uh, everyone listening in, the same to you. Thank you. Likewise, Yara. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you all very, very soon. And uh, I do want to obviously recommend if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, if you want to make sure you get all these shows, get on iTunes, subscribe to the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. You'll see a link along with this episode at my blog and you can make sure you don't miss any of our, our chats. Thanks, Walter. And uh, thanks everyone for listening in. My name is Yaro, and we'll talk to you soon.